Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. Three Asian wide receivers and Super Bowl 38 uh, retrospective, I guess I should call it. My name is Hakun Wong. I'm the editor in chief of Football Garbage Time. With me is senior staff writer Ryan Whitfield. So, Ryan, are you excited about talking about the uh, Patriots' second Super Bowl win today? Ah, uh, you you know it. <laughs> I thought it'd be something you'd be excited about. But hey, before we get started, you know there was something that hit the uh, newswire just yesterday. Jameis Winston finally making the news again off field. Uh, you know he was one of those guys who was always in the news prior to getting drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This time, fairly or unfairly, they they kind of pegged him for saying some things that might have been maybe not 100% on the level regarding getting boys and girls enthused about being able to do anything they can they can do in life. And apparently, he had some some statements about girls not standing up and and, and cheering along with him. What are your thoughts on that? It's just so typical Jameis Winston. I mean, this guy, I mean, he is, he, he definitely is talented, and I, and I find myself wanting to root for him sometimes, but God is, God is he a moron. And, and I mean that not just in common sense-wise. I mean, he's clearly not very smart. All, we don't have to go through all the, the allegations and, and thefts and all the stuff he did in college, but just go back and rewatch when, when Florida State won the national title a couple years ago and replay his, uh, replay his interview up on the, up on the podium. Uh, as they're handing the trophy, because I, I, I I've watched it at least 15 times over the last couple of years, and I still don't know what he was trying to say. So you know, I don't think he meant any malintent in this situation. I just think he's kind of I think he's kind of an idiot. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think so. I'll applaud him for trying to get into local schools. Apparently, he did this on his own accord, uh, trying to motivate kids. That's great. But his excuse apparently was that he had a poor choice of words. He's apologized for it. So hey, it is what it is. But he should really run this by a PR guy or something before he goes in there and starts doing things. Because clearly he needs somebody to check what he's going to be saying in the public. Uh, or else he's going to just drag, he's just going to continue to show up in, in media in this way for the, for the rest of his life. All right, so yep. I had to get out of the way because we have a lot of really important stuff we can talk about now. And, and this is going to be, so let's try and just get started. Let's, uh, let's roll out the... Uh, All right, so talking about free agent wide receivers today because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, and free agency is just around the corner on March 9th. And today, like I said, we're going to start with receivers. We'll talk about free agency and all the other positions coming up in our future podcast. But today, let's talk about the ones that are unrestricted free agents because, of course, those are the ones who are going to be sought after most seriously by their teams and other teams alike across the NFL. Let's start with Alshon Jeffrey. Now, Alshon Jeffrey... Obviously, of the Bears, uh, he had a, a, a really prolific start to his career. He was a second-round draft pick in 2012. Uh, he basically, in his sophomore season, totaled 1,421 receiving yards, seven touchdowns, added 105 rushing yards, got his first Pro Bowl berth. But unfortunately, it's been all downhill since then. Jeffrey has not played in all 16 games of the season, except for one year past that, t- that, first, that second year. And he's had nagging knee and hamstring injuries, as well as a four-game PED suspension last year, which kind of put him out of the running. Uh, he's only averaged 10 games played over the last uh, uh, three years, and he um, he's just not been very good. 
So he remains a huge question mark. Now, he did come on strong when he came back to the Bears later on in the season. But what are your thoughts about Alshon Jeffrey as a free agent in this offseason? Yeah, you know, I think he's largely not lived up to his potential, you know, kind of going off what you just said. Um, you know, I, I kind of – one of the first things I look at in all receivers, because I think um, if you uh, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I like big-bodied receivers – um, so being six three two sixteen, like I, I like his physical build, I like the, the high end potential there. Um, but he's had fifty receptions both of the last two years. Um, so you know, there's there's no guarantee that he's he's going to live up to that um, what he was supposed to be. I think he'll get overpaid. I think somebody will pay him huge money. Um, to me, it's a surprise that the Bears are going to let him go, um, just because what's the what's the backup plan? Kevin White, Kevin White, who was injured his entire first season and was injured most of the last season, only has 19 and a, and re- receptions in his career through two seasons. Um, you know, Kevin White was another guy that I was really high on when we did our draft preview a couple years ago. I loved Kevin White coming out of West Virginia, but he's an out to the nothing too. So um, I, I, I'm surpri- I'd be surprised if the Bears don't make a strong effort to retain him. But um, if he hits the market, I think it's one of those classic guys, you know, people are going to look at the raw ability, the, the body size, and overpay for him. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that, and I actually think that they are looking to kind of rebuild at this point. I mean, they're kind of rebooting the Bears. They, they're really nothing there that they want to keep outside of Jordan Howard at this point is, is likely uh, the thought process here. But I, I do think that um, he does offer a significant amount of upside still. I mean, he's not he's uh, he's really not that old, and he has uh, he still has good speed. It's just a matter of whether he can stay on the field for all 16 games and avoid situations like he did last year with the PED suspension, which, by the way, I thought he handled relatively well. He said that he he uh, took a supplement to combat inflammation and it happened to have something in there that was on the controlled substance list. I don't know if that's true or not, but he ultimately said he takes full responsibility for not being more careful, and uh, I don't think he's going to do that again. The question, though, is whether his nagging injuries will continue on in his career, and that could be a problem. Now, there have been some talk that the Eagles have them on his radar uh, what do you think about that? Uh, do you think the Eagles could benefit from signing Alshon Jeffrey? You know, I, I don't love this free agent class of wide receivers, but I think the Eagles would benefit from signing every single guy we're going to talk to talk about tonight because that, <laughs> right, is, that has right. been their biggest issue for since Deshaun Jackson walked out the door years ago, um, and even Macklin that followed soon after. They they have they have probably my I think. I think I would probably put them as a 32-ranked wide receiver core in the NFL. I mean, there's just nobody that I would put on my roster. So, I mean, they should look at every single guy we talk about today. Right. And speaking of which, so let's go ahead and uh, and turn it over to the next guy on the list. That's Deshaun Jackson. We just mentioned him. Now, D-Jax actually had a pretty good 2016. He played 15 games, had a, a, a thousand, a thousand and five receiving yards, four touchdowns. Uh, you know, we all know he spent six years at the Philadelphia Eagles, made the Pro Bowl three times during those years, moved to Washington, and he's really been not that exciting since he's been in Washington. He hasn't really done anything of particular interest. But, you know, he has a 1,000-yard receiving season. He still has a lot of speed. He definitely can take the top off of defenses. So what do you think about Deshaun Jackson? Should he, did the Redskins move to resign him, or do you think he would be a good fit elsewhere, or maybe even go back to his old team, the Eagles? Yeah. As far as Deshaun Jackson goes, he's the—he's everything I dislike in receivers. You know, you said that you can still take the top off the defense. That was really the only thing he could ever do. I mean, that—that is—that is in the entire game of Deshaun Jackson is speed. 
Um, he's not a great route runner. He's not, you know, he's 5'10", 175 pounds. He's not a big physical guy. He's not a red zone target. Um, I just don't particularly care for receivers like Deshaun Jackson, and he's 30. You know, you, you brought up the 1,000 yards. He's only had 86 receptions the last two seasons total um, through the two years. So, um, you know, you really have to you have to wonder what's left in the tank there. I, I don't think he's done. I think he can go somewhere and be somewhat productive. But um, I, I certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't offer him more than two years, and I wouldn't offer him more than three or four at most per year. Um, which I don't think he'll, I don't think he's going to love that, but uh, I think that that's what the market should be for him in this, in this uh, off season. And again, when you mention the Eagles again, I'll just reiterate, they, they should look at everyone. So he's on the list. Right, right. So uh, there are a couple other suitors out there that we think are, are, are potential landing spots for him. But he has said that he wants to stay in Washington. He said, quote, my family and my house, I have everything here, and I don't want to be in a, a transaction and move Hopefully we can make it work, unquote. Of course, it's not going to be entirely up to him. The Redskins have uh, another wide receiver who we're going to talk about that they have to consider whether they want to resign or not. Uh, and, of course, they have their quarterback situation, which is very important to them as well, with Kirk Cousins coming off a franchise tag and looking at potentially another franchise tag. Two possible other landing spots for him. The Los Angeles Rams seem to have shown some interest in him, and they could definitely use some wide receiver help. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have shown some interest, and James Winston in the aforementioned video actually even mentioned that he wouldn't mind taking Deshaun Jackson and putting him on the team as well. So tell me, what do you think about those two picks, with the Rams and the Buccaneers? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't want to go to either one of those spots if I'm him. I think he could fit and help both those teams. Um, if I'm Deshaun Jackson, I you know I've always been I'm, I'm a super competitive person personally. Um, so while I while I understand that some people want to chase the money, if I'm him, I'm I'm honestly looking for a situation where I could have a chance to win a championship next year and not even if I'm not the you know the the focal point. So. Um, those two destinations are great if he wants to get paid and if he wants to be kind of the focal point. I know he's going to compete obviously with Mike Evans in, um, in Tampa, but, um, you know, I just, for me, if I'm him, I stay away from those two franchises because he's, he's on the wrong side of 30 as a, as a smaller undersized receiver. He doesn't have any cracks left, left with this, and if he really wants to contend for a title, um, he's going to pick his spot wisely. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think he, he has a better fit with Tampa Bay, actually, because uh, I think Mike Evans allows – them to uh, open up some uh, some. I mean, he tends to attract a lot of safety uh, protection. And in fact, you know, the the Tampa Bay of all teams really need help with uh, the deep threat. They actually had zero uh, receptions uh, of over 50 yards this year. So they just don't have anybody who can get up there. And Mike Evans is, is pulling double coverage. Uh, I think he could probably fit in a little bit better there. But uh, I, I agree. If he wants to win something, he's going to have to find a contender and, and be happy being second or third fiddle in their offense. Okay, let's turn to the other guy that the Redskins have to worry about, and that's Pierre Garçon. Now, Pierre Garçon also had a relatively good year. He played all 16 games in the regular season, had 1,041 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, as we all remember, he broke into the limelight at the Indianapolis Colts under Peyton Manning, and, but it wasn't until he joined the Redskins that he had his first 1,000-yard receiving season, and that was in 2013. But then again, he didn't have another 1,000-yard receiving season until this past one. And uh, he hasn't been terribly productive, but he's been relatively reliable. He hasn't missed much time. So let me. Uh, so tell me, what do you think about Pierre Garçon? Should he be resigned by the Redskins, or should he test free agency? And where do you think he might go? Yeah, I know the I know the popular um, rhetoric has been since the off season that you know Washington's really started to groom these younger receivers and Crowder, um, and you know Doxson is going to be in his second year now, and that that's kind of where they're moving to. 
Um, but I wouldn't move on from Garcon personally. Um, you said you said that you know you gave the gap there of the thousand yards, but I mean two years ago he did have 700 yards. So he, he's had 1700 yards over the last two years, 151 receptions. Um, he's another guy at, at 30 years old, but um, I think he has more left in the tank than Deshaun Jackson. So um, and even if you want to have a youth movement at receiver, I think it's always good at every position to have some kind of veteran leadership. So. Um, if, if I'm them, I'm not, I'm not moving on from, from Garcon. I'm doing everything it takes to retain him. Um, and, you know, if you watch, if they <clears throat> do franchise and keep, um, you know, Cousins, if you watch the games last year, um, during the games where they were struggling on offense and they weren't moving the ball, when he would start, when they would start moving the ball was when he would start beating Garcon. Um, he has been Cousins, you know, a safety blanket, and I think he, the offense kind of generates through him there right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And actually, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, I, I did kind of gloss over it, but for each of his last four years, he's never had less than 752 yards in a season. So he is very reliable. And he doesn't really miss games. So he's a guy that can really be a, a decent veteran presence back there. Now, he, they haven't really gotten to open contract talks with Garcon yet. So who knows what's going to happen. Uh, normally, it doesn't pick up to the NFL Combine, so that's not unusual. But uh, they're still up in the air whether the Redskins will want him back. And the Washington Post has reported that the Rams, Eagles, Bears, Cowboys, 49ers all expect to be uh, exploring uh, the possibility of signing him. And, of course, the Rams may be the most likely to land him because Sean McVay uh, is taking over there as head coach in Los Angeles. And they obviously need wide receiver help. So what do you think about his fit with the uh, Rams, Bears, Cowboys, and 49ers? We already know how you – what do you think about the Eagles? Yeah, and I, I, I think for him – and for, for them, I think the best marriage there is, is the Cowboys. Um, I think that it gets overlooked sometimes. You know, I think Cole Beasley is a productive receiver, but I don't, I don't think Cole, Cole Beasley is you know, an overall very talented player. Um, Terrence Williams has flashes, but he's also um, you know, a knucklehead, and he cost them one of their losses last year when he, uh, when he decided to stay in bounds. Um, late in the game against the Giants on opening night. So um, I think he could easily go there and be the number two guy behind Des Bryant. And I think it would be a pretty good marriage between the two, um, between the Cowboys and him. So if I'm him, that's where I want to go. You know, I, I know we're going to keep going back to this because, you know, again, kind of like the Eagles, the Rams are going to be linked to everybody. Um, I think Jared Goff is a steaming pile of garbage. Um, I think he was overhyped because <laughs> right. he, he was one of two guys last year. Um, he He is... He is terrible. Wentz had, a, you know, an up and down season, which is typical for a rookie. But at least you could watch Wentz, and you, can, you know, there's just one of those things that's intangible. It's not a stat, but you can watch certain guys and say he either has it or he doesn't. You know, Garoppolo, I think, is one of those stats right. that has it. Wentz has it with it, the command of the game. Right. Goff has no command of the game. So if I'm any receiver, I'm not going anywhere near Los Angeles. They're going to have to pay somebody. Um, you know, they're going to have to break a record. Um, for for wide receiver contract, or they're going to have to draft people because I don't I don't know any reason why anybody else would go over there. Right, right. No, I agree with a lot of that. And actually, and, and we'll peg this for later. But we're going to have to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and the Chicago Bears. He's going to actually link to them a little bit in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see what happens there, particularly with uh, all the comments about Jay Cutler looking at retirement. Although I think it's just a little bit of a ploy to uh, get himself out of his contract with the Bears and be able to choose his own future. All right, let's turn to the next guy on the list, and that is Terrell Pryor, converted wide receiver. He was actually a quarterback in college, as you all may re- may remember, and he had a breakout year last year with the Cleveland Browns. Played all 16 games, 1,007 yards, four touchdowns. He only had two receptions 
prior to 2016. So he really stepped up his game in a big way with 77 receptions this year with the Browns. Now, he made it clear that he wants to stay in Cleveland. And, you know, Cleveland doesn't have a lot going on right now. So what are your thoughts about Terrell Pryor? Yeah, I think he's lying about wanting to stay in Cleveland. Uh, oh, really? I think he's trying to be wow. the, the good local boy. I, I well, either either he's an either he's a, um, an absolute idiot or he uh, <laughs> okay. or he's lying. Um, I don't know why you would want to stay in Cleveland. Um, you know, I kind of bought into what they were doing last year stupidly um, and thought maybe the RG three comeback with uh, with all the young right. kids there. Yeah. Um, yep. You know the, the the kid out of Baylor. I'm forgetting his name now, but the uh, Coleman, who they, they drafted last year, and a couple other young kids, plus yep. plus um, Prior. But that 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 franchise, you got to leave. You got to get out of there. There's no reason to stay. Um, but I love Terrell Pryor personally. You know, six four, two twenty three. That's my ideal outside wide receiver. Um, yep. Only twenty seven. Like I said, seventy seven catches and a thousand yards last year. You know, he only had four touchdowns. But with that size, he should be a great red zone target if you don't have 18 different quarterbacks throwing to you like like uh, the Cleveland Browns threw out there last year. So mm-hmm. um, I think I think he's he out of everyone um, in, in this in this free agent class is, is my is my favorite player, um, and I think the one that should oh. be the most sought after. Yeah, well, he has a bright future ahead of him, and the uh, although the Browns have already came out and said that they will not be using the franchise tag on him. However, they would like to get a long-term deal with him done in Cleveland. Now, what they've been saying that he's looking for about ten to eleven million dollars per year, which is actually more than the likes of such as uh, you know Pierre Garçon, who's looking for about nine million a year. Uh, not that much, though, when you think about the, the the flush of the cap space this year. Everybody getting a little much cap space. So, you know, you think if Terrell Pryor were to leave, you know, where do you think would be a good fit for Terrell Pryor? Now, we know the Eagles. Uh, we know the Rams both need help. But where do you think would be a good fit for Terrell Pryor? Well, for him, again, I always think first in terms of winning. So I'm going to any of the, you know, the more uh, elite um, teams. Um, I think an interesting one, although they're never really big in free agency, so I don't see it happening. Um, but with the knuckleheads lined up behind Antonio Brown, um, I would, right, I would yeah. honestly hope that the, the the Steelers would look at him. If you add him and yeah. Antonio, and I love Martavius Bryant, but um, the guy's got to stop doing stuff off the field and stay on the field first. And and Wheaton gets hurt every year, so um, right. I think that'd be an interesting fit. And then as far as teams that I think that should look at him, um, you know, I think uh, you know a division foe up north from here, the Buffalo Bills, because I think they need a lot of receiving help too. Um, that's uh-huh. the guy that I would look and maybe kind of change the culture in the receiving core, get a big physical guy who can make plays um, to match up, and maybe he could take some of the coverage so that Sammy Watkins, another guy who can uh, only one run you know, the fly route, um, might get singled up and be able to actually be productive again. So um, that, that's another one I would, I would look at if I'm, if I'm – or another team if I, I'd be interested in those. Right. All, all those uh, – that's a very interesting take on this, and I, I think that that's, uh, that's probably right. He – he could do a lot if he uh, were to go to either of those teams. Let's turn to the next guy on the list. That's Kenny Stills. Now, Kenny Stills uh, wasn't the blow-me-away player, but he had a lot of touchdowns. He had a lot of scoring opportunities. 726 yards, nine touchdowns with the Miami Dolphins. He played all 16 games. Everyone remembers him being traded from the New Orleans Saints to the Dolphins in 2015. Uh, but he's really grown in Adam Gase's system and has become a legitimate deep threat. What do you think about Kenny Stills? Well, first of all, when we were going through our, our you know, our show prep, um, I can't believe he's only 24 years old. I feel like he's been in the league for like six <laughs> years. So 
Um, you know, I was about to write him off a lot quicker than I did. Um, he hasn't been overly productive in Miami. You know, 69 receptions over the last two years. Um, right. He's kind of a middle middle sized guy. He's not. He's on a five ten. You know, one seventy like like Deshaun Jackson. He's you know six foot, one hundred ninety five. Um, he's a pretty good route runner. He's got some big playability. Um, I think if he, you know, I I wrote down pretty much you know this is uh, about the most ringing endorsement I could give to him, which was uh, I wrote worth mm-hmm. a shot. Um, you know, I wouldn't overpay <laughs> for him. Uh, right. He's a bit of a reclamation project. But if you put him in the right system and you, you get him in the, you know, in the right looks, I think he can be productive. And, again, the fact that he's 24 is the biggest asset for him. Someone needs to go right. after him and try to try to see if they can save his career. Yep, no, I, I agree. Now, the Dolphins uh, still say that it's a priority to resign him, but there have been talks and reports that the Eagles are after him, which makes sense. And he's actually mentioned that he wouldn't mind going out west, which leaves the Rams, Chargers, and 49ers all in consideration as well. So, let's turn to the next guy on the list. That's Kenny Britt. Boy, he's been around forever. <laughs> 15 games, though, last year. He had probably one of his best seasons, 1,002 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, as we all remember, he had some big seasons up front, 2009-2010 with the Tennessee Titans. In 2011, looked like he was really going to break out, but tore his ACL and MCL, and he's not been the same since. Uh, now, he's the best thing they got going in Los Angeles, which isn't saying a whole lot, but what do you think about Kenny Britt? Well, he's the opposite of Kenny Stills. I look when I was looking at him today. I said, "How is he only 28 years old?" Like you said, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Um, I know. So, I mean, you know, I thought I thought he was in his, his early 30s. So, I mean, I'm just you know, apparently I don't know anybody's age, but um, you know, he's a guy <laughs> I should love. He, he's a big he's a right. big body receiver, but I th- I think he's soft. Um, I think he's a bit of a knucklehead. Um, you know, I don't get to watch him enough. Um, you know, it's not the L.A. Rams are you know broadcasted uh, in the Formerly the St. Louis Rams aren't broadcast in my in my uh, in my local listings very often, yeah. um, right, right. and you know Red Zone Channel only shows teams that are about to score, so I almost never see him. Um, but <laughs> uh, know, much, right? my my impression of him has always been kind of a quitter, um, kind of a guy that doesn't compete. You know, a lot of those Randy Moss in Oakland years issues type thing um, takes routes off. So um, you know, if you can get him, if you can get him a low 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 cost and try to reclimate him, and I think he's the perfect fit to stay in L.A. or go to San Fran or go to the Eagles because I don't, I don't think, to me, he's never, he's never struck me as a guy who really cares about winning that much. So, you know, one right. of those teams that want to bring in somebody that, can, that has productive seasons and that they think that they can turn around, um, I think that's ideally where he's going to land. Yeah, I think he could be had really cheap. So somebody who needs him uh, as kind of a productive third receiver or something like that, he could be could be good. Rams are kind of uh, on like, on again, off again with Britt, but they're looking like they're going to move on from him, uh, according to ESPN. Uh, the Washington Redskins are actually have been reported to be interested in him, which is really odd, but maybe it's because he's really cheap. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with him in the off season? Uh, of course, last guy that we're going to talk about today, really quickly, Michael Floyd. Now, we love Michael Floyd because he came from Notre Dame. He was 2012 first-round draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals, but he's never really lived up to expectations. He's had a lot of ups and downs and mostly downs, and then, of course, the DUI uh, that came uh, in December, and then he was uh, basically cut by the Arizona Cardinals, picked up by your New England Patriots, had one good game, essentially, and then was inactive for the rest of the postseason. So tell me, what are your thoughts on Michael Floyd? Yeah, I think it's – you know, I think he's going to have to pay for his mistakes, you know, on and off the field. Um, you know, he, he's always been able to run routes and get open, um, but he's always he's consistently had issues with drops. 
Um, you factor that in with you know you know multiple alcohol, alcohol incidences stemming back to his Notre Dame days. Um, you know, he's been quoted saying he wants to stay in New England. Um, my thought is that with the emergence really of Malcolm Mitchell and Hogan and the fact that Danny Amendola, who I absolutely love, is reportedly going to take another pay cut because he just loves playing with the Patriots and winning because uh, that's what that's what good players do. Just for all you fans out there that root for bad teams who just uh, have to throw money at people to play. Um, you know, so I think there's not really a spot for him on the Patriots anymore, except for the fact if he wants to convert, he has the body type to that H-back role that Aaron Hernandez did, kind of a tight end wide receiver hybrid, um, you right. know, backing up as insurance for when Gronk inevitably misses four or five games this year again. Um, yep. I think that's the only way he stays in New England. Other than that, I think he's going somewhere for you know maybe a two-year deal at most, or more likely a one-year you know, two or $3 million contract prove it type season. Yep. I totally agree with that. And it'll be interesting to see what he does in the off season. So let's ring the bell because we want to talk about something else, something very uh, near and dear to Ryan's heart. And that is Super Bowl 38 between the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. As we all said, we're going to give you a little bit of a history lesson. Uh, that was New England Patriots uh, second Super Bowl win and Tom Brady's second Super Bowl MVP. It was a very close game, very interesting. Another Adam Vinatieri last second field goal win. This one from 41 yards. This one had a Super Bowl record 26 minutes and 55 seconds without points scored. There was no points scored in the first quarter. There were a bunch of points scored at the end of the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, nothing. But then they set the, they set the record for the highest scoring quarter in Super Bowl history, a combined 37 points in the fourth quarter. This was a doozy of a game. So let me just ask you, Ryan, what are your takeaways from Super Bowl 38? Yeah, kind of a lot of stuff you just touched on. I, you know, I really feel it was basically two different games. You know, both teams had, you know, explosive offenses. This is when the Patriots' offense really started to kind of transform from Brady being a game manager to being more of a playmaking offense. Um, this is Deion Branch's rookie season. He had the first touchdown of that game, the iconic photo of Brady tackling him in the back of the end zone at, at the end of the first half when he threw a touchdown to him. Um, you know, it was a crazy game. But, they, but both teams also had great defenses. So the first and third quarter, right. the defenses were, were amazing. And then the second and fourth quarter, it was the offenses lighting it up. Um, you know, particularly right. in the 37 points in a quarter is crazy, but the 24 points scored between the two teams in the final five minutes of the first half was equally oh, as crazy. Um, right. And then, you know, one of the you know the craziest things that, that come out of this game is that, um, you know, Vinatieri missed a field goal in the first quarter, also had one blocked. So he was, he was 0 for 2 on the day when he, when he, when he kicked the game winner. And, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing when you're a kicker and you kick a game-winning field goal. Uh, in a Super Bowl, and it's your third most important kick of your life, because obviously the Snowballs won the first Super right. Bowls, too, and then this yeah. kick is, you know, the third one, so um, it was a crazy yeah, game. Steve great. Smith was still a young kid. Muhammad was great, yeah. and they had Ricky Prohl out there. You know, the only thing that could have made this Super Bowl better was if Jake Stinkin DeLome was not the was not the other quarterback, because, um, you know, if you'd had a real quarterback out there, it would have been more of a memorable uh, game between uh, two uh, great teams. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you're jumping on DeLome. I mean, come on. He, I actually thought he was all right. You know, I mean, 16 of 33, 323 yards, three touchdowns. He wasn't so bad. Of course, a lot of that was just, you know, big bombs to Muhammad and, and, uh, and Steve Smith just being Steve Smith, like, really in his young years. But, you know, there was a lot of great stuff there. Now, there are a couple of no, other notable things there, like, uh, of course, Mike Rabel, you know, who actually had, the, uh, had a touchdown, uh, I believe, in that game. When you're a touchdown pass yeah, from Brady when he was playing offense. 
and uh, also I believe had the uh, the the, uh, the fumble recovery right at one point. Yep, he did. Yeah, it was. Uh, he definitely had a big game. I think that was really his best of the three Super Bowls. Um, but yeah, I mean it was you know a crazy back and forth game, and you know again I said this during our last one uh, last week about Super Bowl. 36 for whatever reason Ricky Prohl who's a pretty unknown you know pretty unmemorable wide receiver had probably two I, of his best games of his career in, in both Super Bowls against the Patriots he was a thorn in our side in both those games <laughs> I know I'm unbelievable really unbelievable all right well it's great going down memory lane on this we're gonna actually do this all season long as I said we're gonna talk about the next uh, Super Bowl in which the New England Patriots won, and then in our next uh, in our next podcast, and we're actually going to roll around and we'll talk about the ones they've lost as well. So all you guys tune in. Don't worry, we'll talk about the times that Brady didn't didn't make full through either. But with that said, we're uh, we're at the end of our podcast. Wow, that was fast. That was really fast. So tell us, Ryan, what's your Twitter account so people can follow you and and our new Instagram account. Yeah, I was just going to say that, too. Uh, yeah, so my, my Twitter is at Ryan Whitfield NE, and our new Football Garbage Time Instagram is football underscore garbage underscore time. All right. So, yeah, everybody, sign up, subscribe to both of those things, follow along. It's going to be a lot of fun in the off offseason. Uh, you can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter, and follow both of us, follow the Instagram. Come back next week. We're going to be talking about free agent running backs, free agent quarterbacks, free agents all over the place as we get up to the Combine, as well as more Super Bowl history. Until next time, enjoy your Super Bowl week. Just remember, take the one with the bump. <laughs> okay.